0: Begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and thanking Him. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by night and by day. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every and each of the blessings that He has given us. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the beating of our hearts, for the blinking of our eyes. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every moment of knowing Him. Every moment of knowing Allah is a moment worthy of thanks. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for gifting us with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He who, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, taught us every single thing that we need to know. He who, وما ينطق عن hawa إن هو illa وحي يحاذى The one who, every part of who he is, is revelation and every part of what he did is medicine for us sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we thank Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala for the instruction manual to our life the Quran. We thank Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala for every letter of the Quran, every haraka of the Quran, every guidance of the Quran, every comfort of the Quran, every strength of the Quran, every hope of the Quran. We thank Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala for every story of the Quran, for every lesson of the Quran. We thank Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala for every moment with the Quran. For every moment with the Qur'an is a moment that we could have not had. So we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those moments. Dear brothers and sisters, assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's a pleasure to be here with you all after our first session. How many of you guys were here for the first session? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honor you to be a person of mulazma, a person of Consistency. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those that are consistently in gatherings of goodness. We talked about last time, "Fandur Ayna Akamak," That when you want to know your place with Allah, look at where Allah has placed you. And we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for placing us in gatherings in which He is remembered and in which hearts are purified and sins are forgiven by His will. We started last time a conversation surrounding the idea of Purification of the soul. What are some of the things that we mentioned? Who can tell me? The unexpected pop quiz. What are some of the things that we mentioned? Anything. I've mentioned nothing so far, which leaves the door open for you to mention anything. What did we mention last time? You thought this was just going to be a talk. You can listen to a talk from anywhere. You guys are held captive until you start speaking now. What did we mention last time? Yes, brother. You have your notes in front of you, but we'll let it slide. And no, I'm just joking. Go ahead. That actions are a reflection of the heart? Allah, that the scholars, they say that actions <clears throat> are a reflection of the heart. And that in reality, we talked about even the hadith of إِنَّمَا bin niyat. that actions are judged by intentions. And we also said actions and the heart is what Allah looks at. And actions are a pathway to the heart. And uh, and we talked about this fact that by a person uh, having a heart in a good place, it manifests in the jawarih. When the heart is in the right place, it manifests in the limbs, in the external parts of us. Very good. What else did we mention? Who can tell me? If everybody thought, Khalas he gave it and that's it. We're going to have five of you participate. Four more. Yes. Everyone's looking at you for hope. Yes, go on. Push in, uh, the good and you take the bad out of the heart or is the of taking more bad? Beautiful. We talked about the differentiation between tekhliya and tahliya, right? Yeah. Takhliya is like the emptying of the heart from the filth that's there. And tahliya is the beautification of the heart with good things. And we mentioned that some of the scholars say tekhliya needs to happen before tahliya. Other scholars say tahliya needs to happen and tahliyah is the consequence. And the vast majority of scholars and the strongest of opinions and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best is that in reality, it's a combination of both. It is a mixture of tahliya and tahliyah. Very good, where you're, remo- you're actively working to remove the filth of your heart and we're actively working towards beautifying our hearts. Those that are here for the first time are like, oh, like this is this pretty good content, this is solid, right? What else can we talk about? Two down, three more to go. This could, this could take up our whole session today. I have no... <laughs> the drive to Chicago can start after Fajr. It's okay. What else? Beautiful. Yeah, we even mentioned it in class today. I, yes, with the Seekers class, right? We mentioned uh, uh, one of the ulama, he said uh, he referenced the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that there is not a single disease except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave it a cure. And then he says, as for the disease of the body, the end of it is death. And death is going to happen regardless. And we ask Allah to grant us a righteous death. And he said, however, the death of the, the, death of the heart by the diseases of the heart, when they go untreated, what is the end result of that? The hell The hellfire. And so what is more dangerous, to die from physical diseases, or to die in a state of a diseased heart? To die in a state of a diseased heart. Because the, conse- the consequence of one is inevitable already, which is that you die. Uh, and the consequence of the other is that you end up being, uh, having earned the displeasure of Allah, and God forbid, you know, Billah placed as a person of the Hellfire. We ask Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala to protect us from the Hellfire. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our mothers and fathers from the hellfire. Very good. What else? Yes, all from the brothers. Masha'Allah. The, the, the truly successful one is the one who is constantly uh, consistent with purified. Beautiful. زكاها, the longest qasm in the Qur'an. The longest oath in the Quran by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and we only take oath by Allah Jalla Jalaluh, but Allah Jalla Jalaluh takes oath by His creation to show like their vastness, their beauty, their magnificence, everything about them. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala swears by it, and then He Subhanahu wa Taala in the longest oath in the Quran He says, "Qad aflaha man zakaha." That the truly successful person is the one who zakaha. Zakah means that they're actively purifying it, actively, actively, actively purifying it. So if we talked about last time, if anyone is deceived into thinking that, oh, my heart is relatively clean, you know, and so therefore I'm going to be lazy about the cleanliness of my heart, that this is a person that has fooled themselves. But Zakah indicates that there is this proactive effort being put forward on a consistent, non-reactionary basis. For an individual to be purifying their heart. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares those people to be the most successful of people. But what does that require us to do? We mentioned this last time. It requires us to acknowledge that our hearts are dirty, that our hearts have filth, that our hearts are in need of purification. You know, you can only truly properly clean something when you take the time necessary to study the state of your heart and to analyze what kind of filth your heart is in. And then to say this filth can be removed with this treatment and this filth can be removed with this treatment and this filth can be removed with this treatment. Otherwise you're left, you know, you know, it's one thing to know that you have a diseased heart and that's difficult. It's a completely different ball game when your heart is in a state of complete filth and you do not even recognize the filth of your heart. That's why one of the Salaf we mentioned, he says that every disease of the heart, we all have some type of athar of it, some type of inclination of it within each of us, some remnants of it. So stinginess just looks different in a poor person from a financially wealthy person. And arrogance looks very different from a young person to an old person. Right? And laziness looks very different from a person living in 2023 versus someone living a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. So we all have the, the possibility of having each and every single one of the diseases of the heart. And that's why we have a responsibility to study the diseases of the heart. And then not only to study the diseases of the heart, but to study what? Our own hearts. To study our own hearts. And we talked about last time the fact that what people tend to be most uncomfortable with is what? Sitting with their hearts. Engaging with their hearts. Listening to their hearts. People sit and they scroll endlessly on Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat because they want to listen to what's around them as opposed to listening to what is within them. Everyone, you know, you're learning about what this person's having for lunch and what this person's doing and where this person went to vacation. And all of these things are a distraction from who? From us. And from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And that's why we said the last time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He asked us in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal insan, إِنَّكَ كَادِحٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ kadahan O human being, you are going to go back to your Lord and meet Him. You will meet him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us in the Quran, Ya al insan, ما بربك الكريم. O human being, what is it that you could possibly allow to distract you from your Lord, the one who has only been generous to you? And so when we are distracted from our own hearts, in reality we are distracted from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who are constantly observing their hearts. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who are constantly active in uh, in purifying their hearts. We says that the Prophet, alayhi salatu he used to make the dua, Allahumma aati nafsi taqwaha wa zakiha. Anta khayru man zakkaha. Oh my Lord, give my soul its taqwa. Aati nafsi taqwa the scholars of spirituality, they say that means within every heart is the capacity for taqwa. Every person you come across, you, go, you stop by Tim Hortons, that person's nafs is created for taqwa and yearning for taqwa. Every single person that you come across. Allahumma ati nafsi taqwa ha. oh Allah, give my nafs its taqwa. Wa and oh Allah, purify my nafs. Anta khayru man No one can purify it the way that you can purify it, O Allah. And so inshaAllah ta'ala what we will be talking about today. So far, what have we done? We did a recap of last time. And we mentioned that the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam used to make dua for for a purified soul. And he is the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam. If he made dua for a purified soul, and his soul was the most pure of souls. What about us? What are the things that we ask for? We ask for a good husband, we ask for a good wife, we ask for good children, we ask for a nice car, we ask, for a good, we ask to make it into med school or law school or whatever. The Prophet ﷺ was very clear in what he asked for. He asked Allah Ta'ala for a purified heart. Uh, so we ask Allah to grant us that. So today, inshallah Ta'ala, we'll talk about a critical element of purifying the heart, which is, that you will only be able to purify your heart. And I will only be able to purify my heart if I have proper adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Proper adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Quran, anfusahum, That there are people who forgot Allah and because they forgot Allah, what happened? They forgot themselves. A people who forgot Allah lack adab with Allah. A people who forgot Allah speak in a way that indicates that they don't know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is present with them wherever they may be. And al-adab Allah, or having adab with Allah is the basis, is the, is the foundational premise of tazkiyah. It's to know the maqam of Allah in your life. Last time we mentioned that you need to know three realities in the path of tazkiyah. Can someone mention to me, what are these three realities? What are these three realities? I think it was here. I may be mixing up masajids, so forgive me. It is haqiqat ma'rifatillah, or haqiqatillah, haqiqat al-dunya, and haqiqatina, the reality of Allah, the reality of this world, and the reality of ourselves. The reality of Allah as He is. The reality of this world and everything that this dunya is. And the reality of, our, our, of ourselves. And at the core of each of those things, you'll find pathways and avenues to tazkiyah or purification of the heart. And every, every disease of the heart is because we've strayed away from three, these three realities the reality of Allah, the reality of this dunya, and the reality of ourselves. And when we go back and we anchor ourselves in these realities, we are able to begin the process of purifying our hearts. And that's why al-adab ma'Allah, when we lack adab with Allah, what does it indicate to us? That we've lost sight of the reality of Allah جل And we've lost sight of the reality of ourselves, and we've lost sight of the nature of of this dunya. And that's why the scholars, they say, anwa'ul adab ma'Allah, that the types of adab with Allah can be summarized into three different things. And the first of those things is adab with Allah in our alone time with Him. Adab with Allah in our alone time with Him. What does it look like when you're alone with Allah? And here's the tricky part about being alone with Allah. Sometimes we think of when I say uh, "adab with Allah" when you're alone with Him. What images come to mind with you? Tahajjud, okay. What else does adab with what? What else does being alone with Allah come to mind? The brother mentioned tahajjud. What else comes to mind? Hmm. What else? Being alone with Allah. What else? Yes. I'tikaf, okay. Very good. What else? Dhikr. Very good. Mashallah. What else? Hmm? Dua. Very good. Mashallah. What else? What else? What about when you are alone in your room and nobody can see you? Correct. Aren't Correct. Crying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Very good. The point that I'm trying to highlight is, we are not only alone with Allah when we choose to be with Allah. We are alone with Allah even when we avoid Allah in those spaces. So when we are sinning, when we are alone, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to be with us. When we say that the first place of having adab with Allah is when we are alone with him, it's to know that we are alone with him even when we are not recognizing his presence because what wahuwa maakum ainama allah subhanahu ta'ala is with you wherever you may be so when you're sinning in the darkness of the night or when you're alone and driving through traffic or when you're when you're talking to your mom and none of your friends can hear you or when you're speaking ill with your spouse and you are for all intents and purposes in privacy or when you're texting someone and using language that you ought not to be using These are times where we think that we are alone, but who remains with us in those situations, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also present with us when we are alone with him subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we are around the masses, but rather the most important Place of Adab with Allah Ta'ala is when we are alone with Allah Jalla Jalalo, And alone with Him not only when we recognize now is my time with Allah But instead to realize that every time that you have Every moment that you have is a moment that you have with Allah from Allah Every moment that you have is a moment that you have with Allah from Allah Allah gave you this moment and He's with you in this moment And that, their brothers and sisters, drives us to value our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more. If you had the most beloved of people with you, then you would honor them every part of your journey with them. And when you honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every moment with him, he becomes unignorable subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we want to talk about this idea of adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even at moments that seem like Allah has nothing to do with it, every moment is a moment that is connected to our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other thing is not just to recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there, but to engage with Allah in every moment that we live. To engage with Allah in every moment that we live. You know what one of our scholars described it as? It's actually incredible. He says, you ever like go about your day with your AirPod in your, in your ear, and you're just like shopping, and, and like especially now with like AirPod, sisters can wear it under hijab, and they can just walk around, and nobody even knows that they're on the phone, right? And they're just talking. You're like, okay, this is, this is a, an interesting sight, right? So he described it in a very unique way. He says, the one who has adab with Allah, it's as if their entire life is a conversation with Allah, And everything else in between is just a part of the process. It's like your conversation with Allah does not stop until you meet Him. As if from the moment of birth, you're on a phone call with Allah. You know, sometimes a, a guy, and a guy by here, I mean me, right? Will leave his house and he needs to go grocery shopping. But he knows that he has absolutely no idea which jar of pickles to get. And which masala is the right masala. And which rice bag is besmati and which one is, you can tell this is a very detailed experience, right? So you stay on the phone so that you can be told exactly what to do and what not to do. And you complain in the process and you talk in the process and you seek guidance in the process. And you stay on the phone with them until you bring everything that they want back and you bring it back to them, right? This is what life is like for the believer. It's not just that you, you recognize Allah when you are alone, knowing that you're never alone from Him, but it is after recognizing that you are with Allah, if you recognize that you're with someone who you love, what do you do with them? You engage with them. You never stop engaging with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Jalla جل is the opposite of creation. Allah Jalla جل wants more of you Allah Jalla Jalaluhu wants more of your complaints. Allah Jalla Jalaluhu wants more of your gratitude. Allah Jalla Jalaluhu wants more of your stories. You know when, when, when you hear your parents tell you a story, growing up, by the fifth time, you're like, please stop telling me the story. I know the story like the back of my hand, right? Allah Ta'ala does not even need to be told the story because he's the writer of the story. But what does Allah Jalla Jalaluhu love to hear? Allah loves to hear you tell the story that he wrote subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so adab with Allah is not just recognizing Allah ta'ala in every space that we're in, but adab with Allah is engaging with Allah while recognizing that we are with him. Learning to engage with Allah. Drinking is an opportunity to engage with Allah. Walking is an opportunity to engage with Allah. Talking with our children is an opportunity to engage with Allah. Texting our friends with prophetic character is a way to engage with Allah. Ordering food in a way that's respectful and honorable to the one making it for you, this is engaging with Allah. You see the incredible thing about Allah Jalla جل is that with creation, we divide ourselves. natajazza right? We, we are dividing ourselves. I give a little bit of myself to my mom and a little bit of myself to my dad and a little bit of myself to my kids, and a little bit of myself to my friends, and a small, ever so slightly portion I give to who? Myself. Right? But the, 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 the nature of Allah Jalla جل is, is that He does not compete with His creation. The nature of Allah is that He does not compete with His creation. So when you give parts of yourself to Allah, it does not need to be in contradiction with you giving parts of yourself to the creation. Because when you're being good to your mom, you're being good to Allah. And when you're being good to your children, you're being good to Allah. So Allah is not competing with anyone or anything. Allah is Allah is self-sufficient. You're not giving someone who is in need, but you're giving the one who gave you the capacity to give. And that's why engaging with Allah is not like, you know, in, in, in our society today, we have this compartmentalization. Uh, faith on Sunday and the other six days of the week, we have, you know, uh, family and work and all of these obligations, hobbies and so on. The nature of our tradition is that Allah enters into every space that we are in. Not just that. Allah Ta'ala is a part of every relationship that we are in. Not just that, Allah is a part of every experience that we are in. So Allah is the center of our marriages. And Allah is the center of my relationship with my son. And Allah is the center of my job at, you know, Cisco or Google or Microsoft. And Allah is the center of my friendship with the girl or the guy sitting next to me. And Allah is the center of my drive because Allah is the center of everything. And so when we talk about recognizing Allah, it's centralizing Allah in our life, but, we, but because we've centralized Allah Jalla جل Jalaluh, everything is engagement with Him subhanahu wa ta'ala, because everything being an engagement with Allah does not decrease from Allah, it only increases Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so I wanted us to highlight number one, this idea of recognizing Allah in all times and spaces, And the second thing is after recognizing Allah, engaging with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third thing of what adab with Allah ta'ala looks like is, now that I've recognized Allah in every circumstance and in every space, uh, and, and now that I've engaged with Allah in every circumstance and in every space, I engage with His creation in light of those two realities. Does that make sense? So I... First, recognized Allah in every space, and then I engage with Allah in every space and circumstance. And now I engage with the creation of Allah, not on the basis of who they are, but on the basis of who Allah Ta'ala is. This world is not a place of ultimate justice. This world is not a place of ultimate happiness. This world is not a place of transactional relationships where I'm good to those who are good to me and I'm bad to those who are bad to me. But because adab with Allah means to recognize Allah in every relationship, in every experience, in every moment, and because it means I'm engaging with Allah in all of those things, now I'm going to engage with the creation of Allah in light of that. In light of me recognizing Allah, and in light of me being on a constant phone call with Allah, I'm going to speak to my mother dif- differently, no matter how my mother is with me. I'm going to speak to my co-workers differently, no matter how my co-workers are with me. I'm going, to sp- I'm, I'm going to engage with my money differently, no matter what my my thought process on making that money is, and no matter the urgency is. Because Adab with Allah is not just manifested in our ability to recognize Allah حال, in every circumstance and place. It's not just to engage with Allah in every place and circumstance, but it's to engage with the creation in light of that. So it's not just Adab with Allah, it's Adab with the creation as an extension of your Adab with the Creator. And so this is something that is uh, so important for us to realize. And that's why, uh, it, ultimately it goes back to us recognizing the greatness of Allah in even the mundane Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says in the Quran in surah ar-rum he subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allahu thumma 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 yumitukum thumma min 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 shay' subhanahu wa ta'ala 'amma yushrikun Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says i am the one who created you then i am the one who provides for you Then I am the one who takes your life. Then I'm the one who gives it back. Everything that you make equal to Allah in your life. Do they do any of these things for you? If we pause right now and ask ourselves, who is competing with Allah in our lives? What is competing with Allah in our lives? What is taking slowly the place of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our life? We'll find that these people, these careers, these relationships... They've done nothing to us in comparison to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so when we think about the greatness of Allah ta'ala in our life, and the consistency of Allah ta'ala in our life, it becomes easier to center our lives around Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why you'll find that the Anbiya and the Mursaleen, the Prophets and the Messengers, they were... The highest level of adab with Allah Whether we like it or not It's only that sometimes we are engaging with Allah by ignoring Him And sometimes we are engaging with Allah by disobeying Him And sometimes we're engaging with Allah by turning away from Him And sometimes we engage with Allah by obeying Him And sometimes we engage with Allah by being dutiful to His creation But never are we not engaged with Allah And so the heart right now is just a reflection of what our engagement with Allah has looked like we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify the state of our hearts and inshallah ta'ala next time we will begin with the first disease of the heart and the way that we will take it inshallah ta'ala is that we will take the disease of the heart we will define it as al-imam al-maulud rahimahullah ta'ala does and then we will talk about the symptoms of that disease of the heart and then we will talk about the treatment of that disease of the heart, and I'm checking now to see which disease we'll be covering next time, insha'Allah. I believe I have like a 98% guess here. I don't want to guess. We will go into, we will start with the disease of the heart of Bukhl. Do you folks know what Bukhul is? Miserliness, stinginess. Very good. That's what we'll be doing next time. Defining it. If you don't have money, that doesn't mean you can't be stingy. We're stingy with so much more than money. We're stingy with our time. We're stingy with our smiles. We're stingy with our hugs. We're stingy with our words. So learning to diagnose stinginess, then the treatment of that stinginess. Everything that Allah Ta'ala gives us is arzaq. Everything Allah gives us is a type of provision. And how we utilize that determines whether we are generous with it or stingy with it. So that's what we will be covering next time insha'Allah. Did we give a task for you all to practice last time? Are you sure we did not? Okay. Khairan insha'Allah. We'll give myself first and foremost and you all something that we can work with insha'Allah Ta'ala. And so we will have five minutes that we will check in with Allah Ta'ala every single day, in which we will talk to Allah as if He is our best friend. In which we will talk to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala as if He is our best friend. Five minutes, every single day, you can be driving, hopefully safely, right? You can be doing whatever you want, but five minutes that you are in complete vulnerability and raw and real with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My dear brothers and sisters, do not ignore the conversation that's already going on. Your call with Allah is already happening. How long have, you, how long have we kept Allah on hold? How 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 dare we? Ignore our call with Allah for this long. You know what Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran? Ya aman. Oh you who have faith, Allah is talking to us. Respond to Allah and His Messenger. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When they call you to that which gives you life. You know what it means? Respond. What does that mean? That means that they are calling us. How dare we be a people that ignore the call of Allah? How dare we be a people that ignore the call of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? So this appointment with Allah every day, for five minutes, for seven minutes, for 10 minutes, is because the phone call with Allah is happening anyway. But it's just that some of us have kept Allah on hold for far too long. So press, the, the, the press that hold button and remove it And just begin to talk to Allah Remember what we talked about last time Take your heart like a vessel And just pour it out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It'll be messy It'll be ugly It'll be scattered It won't make sense It'll be all over the place But you know what? It will not change the reality That that is a conversation worth having Every single day and I'll end you for the third time. I'll end you with a statement of one of our teachers. He says, He says, Our conversations with Allah are not opportunities for us to remind Allah of our problems. Our conversations with Allah are an opportunity to remind our problems of Allah. Allah does not need to be reminded of our problems. Our problems need to be reminded of Allah Ta'ala It's to allow Allah to be a centered part of every part of our life That five minute conversation That small engagement with Allah Will become the highlight of your day At the beginning it might be awkward It might seem strange It might feel like it needs to be in Arabic or Urdu or Spanish Just talk to Allah like He's your best friend In the easiest language In the most, in the most comfortable way that you can Doesn't need to lack adab We talked about adab today I'm not asking you to lack adab But I'm saying that adab with Allah Is no longer ignoring him And there's no greater disrespect Than rejecting Allah when he's calling upon you There's no greater disrespect Than rejecting Allah when he's calling upon you Every moment of our life Is Allah calling us back to him That's why Imam Ibn Qayyim He says He says every Every believing woman and man return to Allah. In fact, he says, I'll correct the statement. He says, everyone returns to Allah. The successful are those who return to Allah by choice, not by force. Everyone, all of creation, returns to Allah. The successful are those who return to Allah by choice, not by force. Talking to Allah on your drive home from this today just on your drive home from this today talking to Allah on your drive home from this or 3 minutes as you're unable to fall asleep that is you doing exactly that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who have adab with Allah we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us humility with Allah we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us gratitude with Allah we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us righteousness with Allah we beg of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who remember him by night and by day we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those whose relationship with him is sound. And we beg of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to purify our hearts from the diseases that we know of and those that we we know not. Hada wallahu alaam Wa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Barkana Muhammad, wa da alihi wa sahbi ajmain, wahwana and ilhamdulillahi rumbilal. And I'll say Jazakum laukhairan to each and every single one of you for coming out me. Allah subhanahu word you and bless you. I know everyone has very, very busy weeks. And I mentioned that last time, and I'll mention that every time, never undermine the value of these gatherings. Every blade of grass and every bird in the sky made dua for you. These gatherings are incredible, incredible, incredible. They're never normal. They're never anything other than a miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah bless you and honor you and accept this from you and bring you and me again and again. And inshallah ta'ala next time, please feel free to bring with you your, fr- your family, your friends. This is a gathering for all of us and I'm looking forward to learning from you all inshallah ta'ala as well. We'll open it up to questions but I believe we you know, went the full time and I don't want to disrespect anyone's time. So if anyone needs to leave, they're welcome to leave but I want to give a chance for questions inshallah ta'ala if anyone has them. I have a question from the sister. Go ahead sister. I'll tell you, uh, the sister's asking about remaining constant in steadfastness. And what I'll say is that these check-ins, we just started with our check-in with Allah, is one of the keys of it. It's huge because it's like a check-back. And having intentionality and mindfulness in our actions helps us to bring it back to what matters. And remember what we said, Allah does not compete with anything or anyone.